interviewing uh, Jeff Keeley, who's come up on the show before, and uh, he talks about, I guess it's the first televised game award show. It was called Cybermania in 94. I'm not sure if he produced it or was a consultant on it. He was pretty young at the time. Me, Matt, and Chris watched it <laughs> over the weekend because it's the whole thing's up on YouTube, and it was it's hosted by Leslie Nielsen of, you know, like Naked Gun and Airplane fame, and um, who's the kid? Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, from Home Improvement. Yep. And it is bizarre. It's kind of surreal. It was two hours long and clearly some like money put into it. But we also stumbled across a review. And From Entertainment just, Magazine. It was Entertainment Magazine. Okay. They, they just tear it apart. It's we, we thought it was bizarre watching it. Yeah. And we're like, there's no way this could be this bad. And then we confirmed it by reading a write up that was from 1994 uh, by a writer. And uh, what he has to say about the show, the two hour show, which pulled a respectable 1.1 rating, was a low rent whack at the MTV Video Music Awards without the faintest whiff of Oscars legitimacy. Performers range from midgets juggling and spinning dishes to keyboardist Herbie Hancock performing some techno crud with solid gold type dancers. They were complimented by a slew of B-list luminaries, sometimes actress Shelley Duvall. <laughs> it's so brutal. Jive talking comic Charles Fleischer, Marla Gibbs from the Jeffersons, and Grace Under Fire's Dave Thomas, all of whom had that man. I'm gonna have to have a talk with my agent glare in their eyes as they awkwardly announced nominees like Return to Zork. <laughs> we did get to see um, Doom win action adventure game uh, nominated alongside Street Fighter Two, yeah. and like it was and was. Uh, Mist, I think, was an adventure game with Seventh Guest or whatever, but it, I guess they didn't have a shooter category or fighting category yet, so it was just kind of like this <laughs> just mishmash of like games from completely different uh, genres <laughs> thrown together. But um, and then Mortal Kombat, one game. I don't know if we made it that far <laughs> to that got game of the year, but it was it was something else. And we also saw like who is the the woman from? She's the mom in Rick and Morty, and she was in Scrubs and stuff. We saw she was at the one of the presenters and Elliot Reed. Is that no, no, that's, no. that's their I forget character I, name. Damn it, I forget her name, but she was like Scrubs. she couldn't have been like oh, Sarah Chalk. Sarah Chalk, yes. yeah. She, I think she was like 13 <laughs> or something. She's presenting. Yeah. They got the mayor of San Diego playing against the kid in Sim In SimCity. <laughs> yeah. And then they go they cut to this interview. Where they're like at different arcades around the country. Yeah. That's um, where we saw young Will Arnett. Yeah. Will Arnett <laughs> is in Paramus, New Jersey at an arcade uh, doing an interview. And then the other one, they're at like the, the LA Center, the Staples Center or something. And he's trying to interview the kids. And it's just, he's just drowning like live yeah. on air. He's like, I heard you have some secret tips. What, what, what games are you playing? <laughs> you know? And then eventually he just like, he looks over and he just calls for the paper that like tells him what all the games are and what they do. Like the this the DNA is there, yeah. like a bit of the foundation or the the spirit of what the gaming awards would become. But it, it is like amusing to see all of these people dressed in like suits at this giant theater, and it's because it was um it was actually put on by the Academy of Arts and Sciences, I think. But yeah, they took one shot at that and then said never again. Yeah. <laughs> 
Not until I guess 2003 or 2004. I forget when the Spike One started, but yeah. Now it's uh, now they're beating the Oscars, so <laughs> I guess it worked out in the end. <laughs> I guess so. So what do Bethesda, the U.S. Navy SEALs, Mickey Rourke, and the New York Times all have in common? Well, we have each of them to thank in helping give us the colossal piece of crap that is 2009's Rogue Warrior. A terrible FPS with even more terrible politics, but holy shit, is it downright hilarious. A laughable blend of broken mechanics, poor level design, busted AI and controls, ugly visuals, boring combat, brutal violence, gratuitous fucking swearing, and a near incomprehensible Go America storyline that we suffered through so you wouldn't have to. Thankfully, its crazy short wet fart of a campaign also gifted us with what is probably the best credits in all of video games. Um, we'll let you guys be the judge. Uh, now, now I could say more in regards to its star protagonist, its reception post-launch, um, though why ruin the fun? I want to know how the hell this thing was birthed, and it sounds like Austin has the answers. Speaking of, this is fucking Hot Button. I'm fucking Randall Beatrice, here with the aforementioned fucking Austin Blakesley and Chris fucking Nudaboom. Suck my balls, wrap them around your chin or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, commie motherfuckers. <laughs> Who's ready to do Reagan proud? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. All right. So we got three we got three rogue warriors to contend with. We have the man, the book, and the game. <laughs> We're gonna start with the man. Okay. D uh Dick. Richard Demo Dick Marchenko. Demo? Demo Dick? That's his nickname. Oh boy. You'll you'll find out why in a second. Okay. Uh, Richard Demo Dick Marchinko. There's a lot of explosions in that. Was game. born in Lansford, PA, in 1940. Where's Lansford? It's more west. No, it's like uh, I think it's like around the Amish area. Okay. Because oh, so East he, Coast, just near moved, Lancaster, maybe. He moved to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Oh. Very early on in his life. Oh no. <laughs> I don't have an exact date, but sometime before high school. You went to college up there. I did. Yeah. <laughs> because Did you see him at a party. He, yeah, I was gonna say, was he that homeless man I saw? <laughs> uh, his family has a history of being in the army. No. So at the age of eighteen, he dropped out of high school and decided to one up them and enlist in the United States Marine Corps. What What year was this? Uh, this would have been he's eighteen, so nineteen fifty eight. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the Marine Corps has a High school diploma requirement, <laughs> funnily enough. Mm. So he went for his next best option that's GD. still better than the Army, the Navy. Ah. And when was the Korean War? That's late 50s, early 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't worry, we're going to go time. through his history. <laughs> oh, I didn't actually know if he, like, when he fought or where. So, uh, in 1958, at the age of 18, he enlisted in the United States Navy as a radio man. Radio, now, radio dick. Dick on the waves. <laughs> Spinning the dicks on ones and two. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play a clip from an interview where he talks about his childhood. Oh, we can see what he sounds like. We can see what he sounds like before okay. we hear what he sounds like in the game. Alright. When I was born in nineteen forty, so that we had the draft. And uh, everybody on both sides of my family was Dragons. Army or Army Air Corps, no Navy. So uh, I uh, joined in 1958 and went to the Navy, and uh, only because Marines wouldn't let me go to Lebanon. It'd be 
reflect back that far. We had a, a Lebanon issue then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 1950, there was a movie out called uh, Frogman with Richard Widmark. Black and white, I still have it. And I said, you know, I could do that. <laughs> uh, he enlist because of a movie? Yep. Wow. Also, not exactly um, so, uh, uh, Mickey Rourke. By, no. By <laughs> but he does have kind of that, like, slurry uh, drunk he does yeah. yeah i was half expecting him to talk and be like yeah he listed in the navy <laughs> like so not exactly mickey rourke but not some gruffness it's not yeah, yeah. far off i can see how they like mickey rourke's well, not the him. worst choice no yeah. okay. nothing okay i mean so far so good he just joined the navy when he was 18 and comes from a military family there's checks out checks out <laughs> of course of course yeah now due to what he calls in later on in that interview. I'm not gonna play the whole thing because it's like five minutes long. Right, bureaucratic bullcrap. Um, <laughs> the old red tape. It took, <laughs> it took him a full three years to finally get his position in the Navy, the underwater demolitions team. Hence the underwater. name Demo Dick. Underwater demolitions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 1961. Uh, and he was so good at it that he was then uh, selected to train to be an officer. Mm. So four years later, he graduated from officer school in 1965 and was reassigned to SEAL Team 2 in 1966. Not exactly six, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh-oh. <laughs> he was doing pretty well in the Navy, but then 1967 hits, and with 1967 comes... Vietnam. Exactly. Hey. The Vietnam War, which would uh, boost his standing within the U.S. Navy quite a bit. Mm. Demo Dick did two tours of duty in Vietnam. The first with SEAL Team 2 at the beginning of 1967, where he led an assault so successful that he was awarded, and I couldn't find any more information on this than the, than the article I, I found. Like, I feel like the words successful in Vietnam just don't... I know. <laughs> he was awarded the Bronze Star, the Silver Star... And the Vietnamese Cross of Gallantry. For some reason, the Vietnamese government gave him a medal, too. Couldn't find out why that was. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of his backstory is classified, and you only really have his word from, from the book to go on. He then uh, ended an 18-month tour of duty in Vietnam. Okay. Went back to the States for a little bit, then came back as the head of the 8th Platoon and led another successful rescue mission during the Tet Offensive. And then he went back stateside, and then after that, the Vietnam War ended. Yep. So then he, in 1973, was stationed in Cambodia for a year. After that year, he then assumed command of SEAL Team 2, and was commander of SEAL Team 2 for, I want to say, two years. They, like, changed commanders every couple years or something for some reason. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. And then another important milestone, 1979, the Iran hostage crisis happens. Oh. Well, so, Dick... He single-handedly... No. <laughs> so, Dick forms... Dick is chosen as the Navy's representative in what will become a joint task force between all of the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps... He's uniting the them Air all. Force. Um, yes. Uh, and this <laughs> is called TAT. Or the terrorist action team, which sounds like a group from a Genesis game. Yikes. <laughs> they launched Operation Eagle Claw 
<laughs> which was a rescue mission in order to get the hostages out of Iran. Yeah. They failed miserably. Mm. Uh, five <laughs> Air Force members and three Marine Corps members were killed. No hostages were rescued. And then Jimmy Carter lost the presidency because of that failed operation. <laughs> so in 1970, or I guess 1980, I mean. Major beef. Yep. They should have just renamed it from Tat to like Screaming Eagle. <laughs> well, no, they had Operation Eagle Claw. Oh, that's right. And they were yeah. Double Eagle. Too, Double similar. Eagle. <laughs> too similar. And then, as Randy said, uh, this failed offensive kind of made all of the branches of the military realize that they might need a counter-terrorist force. So they all got to work, and the Navy hired, or I guess tasked Dick Marchenko with developing theirs, which was known Co- as SEAL Rainbow Team 6. Six. Wait, really? Yeah. He created SEAL Team 6. No oh, shit. I, yeah. I, I really I did yes, not know that. That SEAL Team 6. Oh. Uh, wow. Funny anecdote. At the time, there were only two SEAL teams. He named it SEAL Team 6 to confuse the Soviet Union. So that, that to make they, them think that they, if they, they, ever, if, they ever, if they ever heard the name SEAL Team 6, they would get very confused and wonder where the other... <laughs> five teams are or the other three teams they didn't know about were yeah, yeah. They didn't know like the philosophies of, like left over from like the space race are still there just yeah. like of course i think there are like 18 seal teams now uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Was... but at the time there were only two and he's thinking outside the box mm-hmm. keep that in mind always thinking outside steps the ahead box. Yeah. he commanded seal team six until 1983 so for three years uh and, and we're he in cold was yeah he left that position to command another team that the Navy tasked him with building. This one was created with the task of testing the U.S. Navy's vulnerability to terrorism. The team was officially called the Navy Security Coordinator Team OP-06D, although Dick yeah, and his tip. buddies unofficially called it Red Cell. I had no idea, by the way, that he had like this celebrated of a oh, yeah. career. I. The, like I just thought he was like a washed up lunatic. That's what the game. Well, hold on. The impression there's a, I'd get from there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, Operation Red Cell, as I said, was tasked with um testing the security of like naval bases, Marine Corps bases. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was like here's a bunch of old guys that are a little too old to go out in the field, but they're still good at what they do. So we'll have them break into our own bases and test out how well we can defend against like spies and stuff. Like war games? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, except there are conflicting reports because a couple ex-members of Red Cell claim that that whole testing defensive capabilities was a cover-up and they were actually a more secret force than SEAL Team 6. Are you sure you're not just reading a Tom Clancy <laughs> book right now? I like essentially it. am because, yeah, like... I, like I said, a lot of this is classified and it's this is all... Like honor system, Dick Marchenko's word gets shut down. Yeah, but I, I knew there were some people questioning the validity of like the. Mm-hmm. Is, book, is this where we'll like another guy comes out and says no, they were actually double agents for the deep state, <laughs> <laughs> and another guy comes out and says double agents, triple agents for the USSR. It's all anonymous. Now, Dick Marchenko would never work for the USSR. <laughs> Tommy motherfuckers. That like, we know of. It's the scene in, um, in Chernobyl when they point out that everybody in Russia is always watching everybody else. Yeah, so they yeah. just keep pointing to different people in suits. Also. There's like a KGB dude following him and then a KGB dude yeah, following that and, guy. And, yeah. <laughs> Even like the head guy. He's like, yeah, there's people following me too. Mm-hmm. So. Checks and balances. That was, when did I say? 1983? Yeah. 
Uh, he worked on Red Cell for six years and officially retired from the Navy in 1989 after 30 years of service. Good for him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Later in 1989, Dick was indicted by the United States Navy for conspiracy uh, and fraud for receiving kickbacks. You see, he contracted <laughs> out some of the government contracts for both SEAL Team 6 and Red Cell to companies that his former SEAL buddies had started, <laughs> which is a big no-no. <laughs> One of his buddies was indicted. I wonder what, the, I wonder what they were for. Or sorry, like, convicted, not indicted. It was probably like a catering company. Oh, no, it was an arms company. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, I forget what it was called. Accuracy Plus or something. something like <laughs> It sounds like a streaming service, <laughs> but it's not. It's an arms company. That's all I remember. I didn't write it down. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dick was convicted in 1990 and sentenced to 21 months in federal prison, along with a fine for $10,000. <laughs> I didn't know he went to jail either. So... Uh. We're here to talk about video games, so why did I tell you this man's whole life story? <laughs> well, while our friend Demo Dick was in jail, he wrote himself a book, along with a, a Did he ghostwrite it or did he write it himself? He co-wrote it. <laughs> okay. I think the guy's, I don't, I should have wrote it down. John Weissman or something like that is the co-writer. I've been writing. This guy co-wrote the autobiography, but he also co-wrote the sequels, too. Until like 2005 oh, right. or something. And the sequels, are they a work of fiction? Well, <laughs> who knows? You know, are Tom Clancy books a work of fiction? Or did they happen? <laughs> who knows? Uh, Johnny Weissman, I used to smoke pot with him. <laughs> All those crazy war stories he used to come up with. Did you find the guy's name? Yeah, you were right. John Weissman. Wow, also, this fucking, this fucking cover, dude. Arms oh crossed. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is, I will say, he's, uh, he's insane, but he has kind of a G. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, like, in this book, did he just crank it up to 11? Not yet. Okay. Uh, people have come out and claimed that he, like... Because I think only the first book is, is credited as an autobiography. Yes. So the rest, so let me just save the not line and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So as Randy mentioned in the intro, it was a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Which prompted Dick and his writing partner, John Weissman, to continue it. Except how do you continue <laughs> an autobiography? How do you make a series out of an autobiography <laughs> when the autobiography ends with him getting out of jail, by the way? Um, and then I broke out. It's easy. You turn yourself into a Tom Clancy-like main character and make the rest of this shit up. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, there are, let me just read these off. There are 16 fictional books in the Rogue Warrior you, series. Hold on. Did you say 16? 16. There's more Rogue Warrior books than Harry Potter books? But is there more than <laughs> Animorphs? Hold on. <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to read you. So they're all called <clears throat> Rogue titles? Warrior colon something. Okay. I'm going to read you the list. <laughs> Red Cell, Green Team, Task Force Blue, Designation Gold, Seal Force Alpha, Operation Delta, Echo Platoon, 
Detachment Bravo, Violence of Action, Vengeance, Holy Terror, Dictator's Ransom, Seize the Day, Domino Theory, Blood Lies, and the latest one from 2014, Curse of the Infidel. 2014. Wait, could, could, could you repeat, repeat that last name? Curse of the Infidel? Oh, what a terrible title. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, but what you're saying is that there's plenty of material to work with uh, for the Rogue Warrior the extended game, universe. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the game sequels. <laughs> oh, I mean, how many, how many books did Tom rolling. Clancy write? Was it that many? Yeah. Um, they made like 18 uh, games out of him. <laughs> they did. Though a lot of those, like he was more of a, uh, like a, just a consultant, I think, on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But they did publish books like in But also, he, he didn't write... Um, he didn't write Splinter Cell's not a book. It is a book, but he didn't write it. Splinter Cell's not a book. Um, Hawks is no, a no, book. No, no, Splinter, Splinter Cell's a book, but he, after the game, though. right? Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't write it. They're but, all they're all books after the game. Okay? I don't. I mean, did, did they make a Hawks book? I think they did. Yeah. Really? And they also War? made an End War book. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the? Uh, there's book? also a Division book as well. Is there? Oh, there's a Division movie coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i so wait wait so okay. the fiction books are according to dick marchenko based on things that happened to him like he's it's fiction character <laughs> he is in it he is the main character he says he's drawing from real life experiences but like places and names and and conflicts are, ch- are changed are they what so about like, the time period like are they chronologically i would have to guess because 2014's was called curse of the infidel that doesn't sound like a vietnam or russia no you're right but he didn't go back into the service after prison did he no it was like i said it's not it was probably set in the iraq war but like let let me modernize this but he's like if there's a hostage situation and he's explaining in detail how he got out of it he claims like Mm. i did that just somewhere else you don't know about it was real badass yeah yeah (laughs) yeah You should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like saying like, yeah, and that's when I landed the emergency, landed the helicopter after landing the airplane. And it's really, he just like took a flight. From, I mean, like, it's yeah. Yeah. St. Louis. And it's, just like, like, oh. it's like the equivalent of the Tenacious D song. Like you're just, <laughs> just talk up yourself. You're just, like yeah. You're, you're just obfuscating everything. Mm-hmm. You're just like, hmm, what did I do? Yeah. Oh, that one day I got lunch. Or you're right. You just enemy exaggerate. base, <laughs> deep undercover, mm-hmm. killing three people. And I got the fruit cup. You know, that does sound like a fun series to write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure John Weissman had a blast. Did he write all of them? After? No. Okay. So John Weissman, he like I said, license out the, his fucking a name and image? No, no, no. They co-wrote them all. Oh, so Dick okay. Marchenko co-wrote all of them. John Weissman stopped working on them after like 10. Only after 10. Yeah. And then the last <laughs> six were co-written with another author whose name I do not remember. Okay. I'm not looking him up. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He also... What, what do you think he said to him after the 10th book? Like, hey, man, I'm done. I'm out. Like, <laughs> I've, r- I've ran out of scenarios. You think he's like, yo, Johnny, cook up a new good one. We need some more money. He's just like, I'm, I'm out of ideas. What if I was a robot? Yeah. <laughs> the time the government replaced my arm with a prosthetic. <laughs> yeah, Dick, you're too focused on this video game business. <laughs> you need to get your head in the book. Yeah. So, uh, he also wrote a couple of leadership 
self-help type books. Oh, those are entitled be good. Leadership Secrets of the Rogue Warrior, A Commander's Guide to Success, <laughs> The Rogue Warrior Strategy for Success, Rogue and, Warriors, The Art of the Deal, <laughs> and The Real Team was mm. the last one. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, dude's a bit of a G, mm. led a hell of a life. He's prolific. Um, and now I know what you've been thinking this whole time. Do you? Man, it would be awesome to play this as a video game. <laughs> well, guess what? Here comes Bethesda Softworks to save the day. Yeah. Their their most renowned um title. Mm-hmm. Along with what? Wet? Yeah. I will say <laughs> I will say, Wet is both way worse and way, way better than Rogue Warrior. <laughs> what do you mean worse? This character just doesn't have as much personality as Dick Marchenko. <laughs> Wait, isn't it Elijah Dushku? Yeah. He doesn't have as much personality as Mickey Rourke. <laughs> so, in 2006, after the success of the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion... Never heard of it. No? Mm. Little indie game. Did we cover that? They sold horse armor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was nipples in it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bethesda decided to start getting into third-party publishing. Yeah, which they don't do a lot these days. No, because they just bought everybody. (laughs) Well, then they got bought themselves. And then they were sold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They had their sights. See, here's the thing. And this is going to become important later. This is 2006 when this was announced. New consoles Meaning are that out. It, it, was pr- it was right at the launch of the 360. Uh, PS3 and the Wii are not out yet. Okay. Um, but we're, we're coming fresh off the GameCube, PS2, Xbox era. So when you think, I'm making a shooter. War games were big. In 2005. Everybody goes back and they go, well, you're making Call of Duty, right? Well, no, because Call of Duty 2 had just come out for 360. The Call of Duty wasn't it's this true. massive juggernaut. Call of Duty was still on the level with yeah. games like Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor Battlefield. Battlefield, you know, a couple others. Souls one important Fortune. one. Conflict Desert Star. Brothers in Arms is good. Oh. Well, um, What's the important series that they're aping off of here? See if you can guess. Uh, 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. No, that didn't come out yet. Yeah. 50 Cent Bulletproof. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, as far as like, as far as like Full what Spectrum Warrior? No. It's easier than that. Wait, give me another hint. We've already mentioned a name. Oh, you mean like Tom Clancy stuff? Like like Splinter Cell and... More importantly, Rainbow Six. Oh, Rainbow Six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically... Bethesda is trying to... Yeah, Rainbow Six 3 was big at this point. Bethesda is trying to... And Vegas to, was coming out. Yes. <laughs> Bethesda is trying to make their own Rainbow Six. Okay. Because Tom Clancy games way bigger in that generation than they were in the 360 generation. Yeah. 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 There's just one problem, though. Tom Clancy's already spoken for. You can't get that Tom Clancy license. <laughs> Ubisoft has that shit on lock. Yeah. So what do you do? You That's gotta get right. another. You go for C-tier Tom Clancy, <laughs> a.k.a. Dick <laughs> Demo Dick Marchenko. You get dollar store Tom Clancy. I think think it's more D tier. Well, if you think about it, like when they picked up Tom Clancy and they started making games, how many books had he written at that point? Uh, Well, Rainbow Six One came out in 98 and he was already 
he was writing throughout the the 80s and 90s yeah. pretty successfully with like movies and adaptations yeah. and stuff. Right. So you're looking at an author from around the same time frame, right? Like if he went to prison in 90 or something like that and he wrote his first first book and then he put out, you know, 10 others. Yeah. So I can imagine Bethesda looked at this as like, okay, if we make a good one here, we have this could be a whole plenty of material to keep going on with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they're 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 looking at Dollar Store Tom Clancy, a prolific author throughout the nineties, uh, and they're looking for basically the next cash cow. Essentially, but the thing you have to consider I don't know if they dreamt that big. I mean, like they probably wanted a character in the same way that like Sam Fisher was kind of the face of the Xbox and uh, for a little bit, not as much right. as you know Master Chief. Of but... course, of course. But the thing you have to consider is that like Tom Clancy was a very prolific writer throughout the eighties. But like, what books did he write? Like Hunt for Red October, Some of All Fears. Yeah, mm-hmm. like those. Clear and Danger had video games. Yeah, I think there was some old NES. But that wasn't stuff. the Ubisoft stuff. The only book that Ubisoft turned into like a video game was Rainbow Six. Uh, there was a Some of All Fears game. That's what I'm saying. It was very bad, but <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That was before. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they were branding everything, and that no, was yeah. that was more yeah, like based off true. the movie. But like Rainbow yeah, Six, yeah, they had the movies covered. was the game, and then like then came Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell, yes, and all all the uh, the rest of them, which were not based on books. They just slapped his name on military shit. Yeah, that's I mean what, it's it's a brand, and it it's kind of has an, an a, a sort of shared aesthetic, and and if you if maybe, you like read a little bit about. Uh, the Rogue Warrior series, it does kind of seem like Dollar Store Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Like what's that, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Ding Chavez. Ding Chavez. Yeah, he's like discount Ding Chavez, <laughs> even though he's a real person who actually did some of this shit. But Ding Chavez is real to me. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to get see Randy get real excited? Yeah, and I'm real disappointed. Okay. <laughs> uh, the game was being developed. As a drop-in, drop-out, four-player, split-screen, squad-paced, <gasps> tactical, multiplayer co-op game. Cool. A la Rainbow Six or Conflict Desert Storm. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the game would it's also feature 24-player <laughs> multiplayer <laughs> with the unique twist that there were no maps in the game. What? Each, each team would vote on a base, and then the two bases would be connected with a procedurally generated middle ground. That is ambitious. With over <laughs> 200 different map combinations that was supposed to be different every match. So at this point, like this, like conceptually, was this the from the original developers that yes. were? Yes. So. Okay. The game called at that time Rogue Warrior Black Razor. Black um, Razor. Was being developed by Zombie Studios. Um, you you may not know the name, but you know the studio. They are the now defunct team behind the Spec Up series. Yes, as well as a few Rainbow Six expansion titles that uh, Red Storm didn't work on, so like Rogue Spear or Rogues. Yeah, like not Rogue Spear was two, but like yeah. the expansion for Rogue Spear they did. Okay. Um, also, I don't think they did the the line right. That was what, like, no, yeah, that, was that was Jaeger. Like twenty Jaeger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Which is as well amazing. as they cooperated with the United States Army and made America's Army as well. Oh, that was them. no shit. Yo, yeah. fun fact. America's <laughs> Army. I got a CD of that burnt by somebody <laughs> who will not be named. 
and it crashed my computer. Really? <laughs> like my hard drive. And then I got died. drafted. Yeah, it was the worst. No, <laughs> the I, I tried to install it. I woke up in Afghanistan. <laughs> I, I tried to install it. And I, and it's a pistol in my hand. Legitimately, it destroyed my hard drive. <laughs> wow. I thought it was something I downloaded off Kazaa or LimeWire, but that was the first time my hard drive crashed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went over that last time you were on. Yeah, the second time was because of America's army given to, given to me by someone that everyone in this room knows that did, I'll tell you after the show. Did you ever get to play it legitimately find out if it was worth it no yeah <laughs> i was too afraid you i had to go out and buy a new hard drive <laughs> i know that that game also came up on the g4 one right that was what they were playing in arena yeah was that america's yeah. army yeah that was america's yeah. army also if your brother was here he would have a lot to say about the the early spec ops games he was he was into those i'm sure yeah, I, think he, I remember as kids i think he was playing it on your old family computer mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah sounds like a great team for a tom clancy competitor huh Spec Ops, America's Army. Seems like a good pedigree. Yeah, that makes sense. Seems like a neat idea. I think they also made the Saw game. Who, Zombie? I think so. Yeah, I think they might have. <laughs> I think there were two of those. They also made uh, Blacklight... Retribution? Retribution. And that terrible horror game uh, that was one of the first UE4 games. Uh, De- it is something light. Daylight? Deadlight? Death, Death by Daylight? Dead by Daylight? Wait, was that the side scroller one? No. I was like, that game was all right. That's Deadlight. Okay. Oh, it's Daylight. Okay. <laughs> daylight. I, I was Tequila Works. Great studio. Yeah. I remember liking Deadlight. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the problem. So, Randy made a comment earlier about how that multiplayer mode sounded real ambitious, huh? It did. A little too ambitious. <laughs> uh, the game. In the following months, released a couple screenshots in a magazine, and then vanished off the face of the earth. Do those screenshots look at all like what we played? No. <laughs> Honestly, it looks a little bit like Ghost Recon. Hmm. Is it still first person? Third person. It's third person? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, the game went completely dark from the years of 2007 until 2009. Not a lot is really known about that period. Um, and that's because it takes a while to switch developers and right. scrap a project completely. So the game resurfaced in 2009 with a bunch of changes. Most importantly, Zombie Studios is inexplicably out as the developer and were replaced with Rebellion, the creators of the Sniper Elite yes. series. And well, uh, Alien vs. Predator. As right, well as a name. bunch of licensed games, the including Jaguar. the Judge Dredd game. The oh, Terminator, uh, Dredd vs. Death? Yeah. The Terminator games. Uh, Alien vs. Predator, which is probably what they're best known for yeah, other than yeah, Sniper yeah. Elite. You, you know what else they did? They did the horrible PS1 version of Rainbow Six. Yeah. The one that's on the PlayStation Classic. That's true, they did, yeah. <laughs> Um, but they weren't chosen because they did a Rainbow Six version or because they did Sniper Elite. They were chosen for one reason and one reason only. They had they were notorious. I guess notorious has a bad connotation, right? They were it famous does. around the industry for mm-hmm. getting games done real quick and real cheap. The Brett Radner of game. <laughs> That's a little harsh, but yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, because isn't he a sex pest? Yeah, he's a sex pest. All right, I take that back. I'm sorry. But also, Rebellion. Some of Rebellion's games are a little bit higher quality than no, Brett yeah, Ratner's sn- movies. The Sniper Elite games are, are pretty That's good. True. And they, they just recently did um, yeah. uh, Strange Brigade, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. I've always they said Sniper Elite is the rush hour of the video game industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll work on my, my metaphors here. <laughs> um, do you ever play Rogue Trooper? 
Road Tripper rules. Yeah. That was them. No affiliation. <laughs> no, no affiliation. That's the Blue People game. That game's real fun. Um, but uh, I do have a, uh, a, a, an excerpt from a Gama Sutra interview. Okay. Did we did we decide it's Gama Sutra? I'm saying Gama. This Sutra. is happening. I thought it was uh, Gamer. Um, Gama Sutra. Gama Sutra. They say it's Gama Sutra, but it's G A M A, so it's Gama. They're wrong. It's like the GIF GIF thing. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> uh, with a uh, with a developer at Rebellion, uh, who has been given Rogue Warrior, uh, <laughs> fell onto his desk. This was right after the announcement in 2009. They asked, "How long have you been working on it?" And he said, "We've been working on it for a year now." And we've completely wiped the slate clean. We completely started everything from scratch. New story, mm. new models, new everything. Uh, we'd been given a complete fresh start with this IP, completely focused on the personality of Dick Marchenko. He's a Navy SEAL, a highly decorated guy with incredible stories to tell. He's written 16 books, which is a massive point of reference for us. We've been purely focusing on that and making a really exciting, gritty, violent, personality-based shooter. I wonder who on staff had to read all those books. I don't know. So did did like did anyone uh like behind the scenes working on this mention kind of his role in the project? Yeah, because like I that's what I'm most curious about, just how involved. Yeah, here, like, I he... have the link to this interview right here. I don't think I included it. It seems like he would walk in and just be but like, "Video me... games is for nerds," and then just leave. Like, <laughs> you guys are doing war on the computer. <laughs> Or just make me look awesome. Make my muscles that much bigger. Yeah, okay. Hold on. <laughs> he feels like the type to walk through the office and be like... Knocking someone's hat off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a... Here we go. I found it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so the interviewer asks, how much and in what ways did you work with Marchenko on the game? All right. And this is the response from the Rebellion guy. We've met with him three times now throughout key stages of development. He spit in my face. Early on, we talked to him about the mission statements. We talked about how to get across his specific personality. We talked about his kind of violence and the ways he would go about killing if he didn't have guns on hand. <laughs> there were some interesting stories about the way he would stick a piece of wood in someone's ear and things like that, which is pretty gruesome. <laughs> then we talked to him further about the actual story. He called that me a bunch of slurs. <laughs> that evolved into something we were happy with, and we got more of his advice with the locations uh, and with different ways to approach things. Does this look like Russia? <laughs> Cert certain games have a very clean way of stacking up on a door to breach it. It's a very by-the-book way of doing things. He never operated like that. He threw the book out the window day one. He does things in a <laughs> he much, doesn't know how to read. much more of a rough-and-ready kind of way. He uses very dirty tactics. In the game, rather than door breaching... He's going to kick the door in by charging in there and shoot its hinges off. Real stealthy. It's a different type of tactic. It's not such a stealth tactic, more of an alarm tactic. That's their answer on his involvement. Strike in fear into the enemy. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what I expected. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds all. about right. Yeah. <laughs> you look a confused, Chris. I, I feel like. <laughs> That is the first time I've ever heard someone say that, like, the elite in the military, like, oh, man, they they sneak in everywhere. No, 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 no. They blow <laughs> their way in. Like. Yeah, no, that's what SEAL Team 6 is famous for, right? Yeah. Being as clumsily loud as possible. And just mowing down everybody <laughs> to get in and out wherever they want to go. Yeah, but that, that throw the book out the window day one line is very Tom Clancy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Even though Tom Clancy put a lot more care into people actually following the book. I mean, he was super into like military hardware and how stuff worked. And <laughs> Dick Marchenko's got the only two pieces of military hardware he needs. <laughs> yeah, his two a piece of bloodied, wood, a... <laughs> uh, blistered American hands. <laughs> Just delivering freedom right to those communist faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Can I, I? I don't want to jump ahead, but can anybody re like recount the game story from memory, or are we gonna you're try and you're do that? Me off. All right. <laughs> I got a question for you guys in a bit. Oh no. But um. <laughs> first, let's talk about the rest of the changes to the game. Plan. Yeah. The game had a huge change in scope. Instead of being a four-player, <laughs> tactical, co-op, squad-based game, inspired by Dick Marchenko's time with the Navy SEALs, the game would be a Dick Marchenko story. It would be single-player, featuring Dick as the main character. The multiplayer was still there, but the whole cool, ambitious map idea was gone. Now it's just deathmatch on, on the, on the single-player levels. Right. And, and uh, we should say we, we couldn't try out the multiplayer. I did watch because... a video of it being played. It looks okay. very bad. Yeah. I mean, um, nobody was online, right? So yeah. it's like... No, I watched a video of people in 2018. Oh, my God. Did they, like, who, put a... Who land, organized who it? land the game. <laughs> Were the servers up? No, they land it. <laughs> I... Which is hilarious, because we, we played it on 360, we should say. Yeah, was, uh, apparently the PC controls are fucked. Yeah. Oh, because the guy went to aim down sights and he clicked right mouse button and he threw a grenade and he went, "Why is grenade on right <laughs> mouse button?" <laughs> that, oh, that's awful. Uh, <laughs> also, and it, and it is not backwards compatible. It's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, do that on OG hardware. In addition to gameplay changes, the subtitle of Black Razor was gone, and the game is just called Dick Marchenko Rogue Warrior. Mm. Mm, that's um, fine. You don't need Black Razor. Here Stupid. is a kind of long quote, but I wanted to include the whole thing. All right. So Shaq News did an interview with Pete Hines right around the launch of <laughs> both Rogue Warrior and... Wet. Wet. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to read a little excerpt from that interview. So Shaq News, switching okay. gears to Rogue Warrior. This is after the wet part. <laughs> when it was first announced Not in 2006, it was a squad-based tactical SEAL game. This is shifting to a more one-man personality-driven approach. Was that something you guys imposed on Rebellion to streamline the project in its second incarnation? Pete Hines, suffice it to say, we were not happy with the direction of that project. We felt it needed a change in scope and focus, and we felt that this was the focus that it needed. That sort of squad-based tactical... Uh, and then pause. In a sense, I guess it was turning into a bit of a Navy SEAL game and less of a Dick Marchenko game. Even though Dick Marchenko was a Navy SEAL. Uh -huh. um, and I think we just felt like he's this really cool personality. And that personality, in a sense, is in a sense getting a bit lost in the mix here. How do, we, cool. how do we pull him out? How do we pull the personality out more? And so changing the focus of the story and the mechanics of the game is one way. Having Mickey Rourke come in to do the voiceover I was, was another. I was wondering when uh, Rourke was going to come in. Yep. How do we really make his performance stand out and lend voice to this character? Jack News. How are you planning to build this game from a marketing standpoint? You could certainly go action-packed Gears of War, or are you going to more towards the Tom Clancy military tactical shooter? Pete Hines. Sort of a cool personality-driven shooter. Stop saying that. <laughs> Hold on. It makes Duke Nukem look like a Mensa guy. <laughs> 
So it's all about character. He's almost like a Duke Nukem type. Hey. <laughs> Not quite that over the top, but... Yeah, more over the top. Pete yeah, Hines. In, I think the comparison is fair in that Duke Nukem is one of the few shooters you can point out uh, to where it's focused around that guy as opposed to... I don't remember the name of the guy in Call of Duty 4. It was a friggin' awesome game, but I don't remember so who I was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the point of that game wasn't about being those guys. It's a great story, but it wasn't focused on... Here's this person. Here's what it's like to be this person. So we felt that this was just with you getting executed in more first like here's this cool guy. Here's what he's going through, and here's what his personality is like. And of course, as the quote mentioned, the most important change and the reason we're even doing this episode, <laughs> the part of Dick Marchenko would be played by actor Mickey Rourke, fresh off his Oscar win for The Wrestler. Oh my God, that was after The Wrestler. Yep. Oh man, <laughs> he'll be fired as agent now. <laughs> As Randy said before, we're going to play a little game. Okay. I'm going to do a plot summary. <laughs> but before I do a plot summary, I want, you guys, a I want you guys, without looking anything up from okay. memory, to tell me the plot of Rogue Warrior. <laughs> There's some world hopping. Yeah. We passed the controller. Um, I, okay. Uh, you're at, you go to like a Russian factory or is it korea or cambodia <laughs> i'm already doing a really bad job uh you're trying to stop nukes you're trying to stop nukes which were stolen by the russians and delivered to the north koreans but Ooh. you find that out after trying to rescue one of your buddies who was taken but he's dead but you find the plans and that leads you off. Cause all I remember is like, there's no friendly AI throughout the whole. No, but I game. thought, I thought you were trying to like rescue your friend. Or, I think you might be right. And your friend dies in like that one building, uh, where you like jump out the window at the end and blow people over the rocket launcher. Yeah. Um, we like you trace, you chase the nukes. Oh no, it's, it's not Russia to North Korea. Is it North Korea to Russia? Like, I can't remember. Cause <laughs> you chase them, you chase like the nukes away. And then eventually the last, Part of it is you blow up a submarine and then you leave. Okay, so I will say that's pretty good, honestly. That was Chris, you're, you're very close. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my plot summary. Okay. Um, also, I if I didn't say this already, this game is two hours long. Two hours long. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> and between every action level, there's just like a car chase level where nothing. It's just literally a time segment to stay alive. And they there's a lot of holdouts. They they don't let you like they give you different weapons in each one. But I mean, you kind of see everything that game has to offer pretty quickly. Hold on, yeah, hold in on. terms of the let's go through plot because I have another guns. part where we talk about the actual game. Okay, so let's get the plot. All right, yeah. but it wouldn't be a character a Duke Nukem like character episode if I didn't do a terrible skit with a, with a soundboard. <laughs> so I will say though, if there was more like varied objectives we probably could have recalled like level to like the differences level to level <laughs> you end up doing mm -hmm. the same thing yes <laughs> so plot summary dick, <laughs> Marche on me. dick marchenko is sent to ungi north korea on a covert right. mission to receive intel from a mole about nuclear missiles yeah, in okay. the country <laughs> well, welcome to Does beautiful north korea <laughs> do they give a year it is during the Cold War. It's during the Cold War. I think it's like 80s. It's 80s. Okay. I don't remember the exact year. Uh, right after landing there, his entire team is killed because they take down a group of uh, North Koreans, but one of them pulls a 
pin on a grenade on his vest before he dies. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. that kills Dick's whole team. There's a bit of rev- like uh, him driven by revenge going on. Yeah. So because his whole team dies immediately, his commander tells him, hey, Dick, you should abort the mission. Dick refuses. Now, Dick, why did you refuse? I got bullets for every one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> so Dick finds the intel and is then ordered to destroy the missiles, but he can't find them. He only destroys one. Well, that's when he discovers... What a that's when he discovers that these missiles are being sent to the Soviet Union. Goddamn cock breath, coming motherfuckers! <laughs> God, we there. There's gonna be a lot of cock and ball fucking mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. yeah, but I I don't remember who it was. When even IGN called him a homoerotic Rambo. Yeah, because there's just so much. So, uh, he fought. He he hops on the train that the missiles are being transported to the Soviet Union on, uh, and his commander once again warns him to abort, or this time he will be court-martialed. You have anything to add? Better dead than red assholes. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be so there's um, so much anti-communist sentiment. Yeah, of course, patriot that he is, Dick declines again. He then goes around the USSR, blowing up missiles, and then this guy really hates the Soviets. The Soviet fucking Union can fondle my hairy nuts. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> There's, there's multiple of those involving his fucking And he says balls. this all throughout the level, too. Like, um, these are yeah. cutscenes. These are, like, repeatable quotes you can say yeah, at yeah. any it's time. Yeah, like, during, like, a, it, like, he'll say them during assassination takedowns. Yeah. So like, in, <laughs> like, tell Reagan. You know what, you know what the weirdest part is? <laughs> so I got the game files, and they're divided up by level. Yeah. So they can't occur at any time. Wait, are they, they're, they're organized they're by they're organized by level, and it's just random quips. But they're not this; they're repeated, but they're not the same for each level. <laughs> well, I think he had to pivot his racism exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. At, at some so the point North Korean sh- ones only occur in the first couple levels, yeah. and then the the Soviet ones come in later. Okay. So anyway, they really, they thought I had. He blows up these missiles, finds out that the last missile is on a submarine. So the last mission yeah, is to blow up that. a submarine. Then he gets rescued by his commander, and he hands them the intel he found and says, this is for evidence when I get court-martialed. Go to jail. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a couple more quotes. Suck my balls, my hairy fucking big balls. Wrap them around (laughs) your fucking mouth. Oh, man. All right, here's another one. one interview make you hey, man, up. fighting it only makes it worse. Just die like the little motherfucker you are. <laughs> okay, now I have uh, two more, and I will say... Ah, oh, that really paints an image, the saggy wrapping balls. <laughs> so you guys so you guys don't think that... So you guys realize just how ridiculous it is I'm going to play these last two clips. There is uh, some, some yeah. language that I don't like to use anymore, but... <laughs> Man, Mickey Rourke and or Dick Marchenko loves to use it. Mm-hmm. Here's the first one. Get this, you fucking, fucking retard, you dead piece of shit. Also goes on, like, too long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we should also say that, like, these are not in cutscenes. No. The no, line deliveries yeah. are all different. Like, you would think it's shit's happening, but yeah. it's just, like, you go to... 
we can talk about the kill animations later, but you go to do <laughs> yeah. one of those kill animations and it just plays a random sound clip. It does, and they, yeah. They don't Everything really his mouth is moving. Like, and then my absolute okay. favorite line, even though I don't like all the words mm-hmm. in it. Karl Marx. Fuck Karl Marx. He's a big fucking faggot pussy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's got to be the only time that's ever been uttered in a video game, to say the least. It's got to be. <laughs> it's such a, It's such a weird thing to like... I get that they're communist. It's communist <laughs> Soviet Russia, but like, what they have saying? a leader, and it's not Karl Marx. <laughs> no, like <laughs> Karl we're... Marx has never been a leader, and he was a philosopher. <laughs> like, were we? Yeah, we were just like making fun of it when we were playing. We were like, yeah, stick your finger on my asshole, gay wad. <laughs> like, he does call people gay. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. Times rub, as well, rub your right? balls all over my face. <laughs> yeah, that'll show you. Yeah, stuff like that. I'll suck your dick clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, there's like some of these. Mickey Rourke sounds like he really sounds drunk. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's like. I will say I had more of a skit, um, but I had more of a skit written out, but I didn't feel like doing it because this is harder. That was harder to get through than the Duke Nukem one because <laughs> this game is even more ridiculous than Duke Nukem Forever. Oh my god, I'm crying. He's <laughs> just like. So here's a quote about the story from the Gama Sutra interview. Okay. Okay. Gama Sutra. <laughs> is any of the story based on anything in his books or any things that actually happened to him, or is it mater- Is that material more of a launching off point for the tone and the character? It's a good uh, rebellion. Absolutely. A lot of his stuff is classified, but he's done a lot of books based loosely on things he's actually done. He has a book about North Korea. He's a pretty informed guy about what's going on in the world. And it kind of makes sense that what's going on in North Korea currently is quite topical. This was the Kim Jong-il era. Right. (laughs) Um, The overriding focus has been on the mode of operations. No plans survive contact with the enemy and these kind of things, trying to weave those in more than any direct copying of operations he took place in. That's a bit of a mangled quote because there's a lot of pauses in it, but yeah. (sighs) So... I'm going to say, right now, we're going to get into the reception of the game. <laughs> the game, as it currently stands, has anywhere, depending on platform, between a 20s, 27 and a yeah. 29 on Metacritic, with the PC version being the highest of the three at 29. <laughs> um, that is, that's, that's bad. That's, 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 that's very rough. bad. That's, that's, so, yeah. let's, uh, let's take that's some... a special kind of... Uh, let's take terrible. some time now and discuss... Oh boy. Uh, like actually playing it, playing hands it, in the controller. Yes. Oy, um okay, so the one thing I I, I uh Okay, hold on. <laughs> I mean, it was just like after the first two levels. Yeah. It's imagine just a copy paste of those first two levels. Just another six times with a different skins and a little change up in the weapons and the enemies. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny cause we, like I said, it's two hours. <laughs> yeah. It feels longer. It does. Like it is, it is so, um, the game is so, I can't emphasize this enough. So dark and so great. I don't think anything takes place during the daytime and it is a lot of, um, squinting through, yeah like sites because there's no um attachments no right no. it's 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 you're always like, just using like like chris said earlier it's like the same five guns and they keep switching up what are available to you yeah 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 <laughs> to keep things quote-unquote fresh but, but then they but pad out they, the levels with with 
with um just more enemies that kind of just spawn in wherever. Yeah. Granted, it's not like an unlimited spawner, which is nice, but like I remember there was one level that it has the health took... system of a Call of Duty, right? Where it's just a red screen, yeah, and then, and then you gen. recover. Okay, and then you but die very quickly. You do, yeah. I remember there it's was not uh, easy. There was one level where it took us like forty-five minutes to get through, but like when we actually thought about it, we went through like two gates and three doors. Yeah. <laughs> And then okay. that was just try it. and run. Through. Well, remember, we also discovered that the game had like a Rainbow Six style cover system, like yeah. halfway through, because it's it, a it's never explicit about it, and b the AI is so dumb that it's easier to just run up to Knife and up. melee yeah. people. Because I are you invincible during the melee, yes. like the the kill animations? Yeah, it's a cutscene, so yeah. you can't take damage. Okay, so <laughs> here's a couple more quotes from that Gama Sutra interview with the Rebellion guy who's working on it. They ask him about design, uh, his design perspective for oh, the game. Be he good. says, what we've done is essentially this. Each mission is made up of a series of encounters. In the early missions of the game, for difficulty, it does feel like vignettes. Like, for difficulty yeah. balancing, you get to be stealthy a lot more. Then as you go through the game, you find it harder and harder to do that. Especially when you just get discovered, like, through the... Like, yeah. the, like it'll just trigger, like, yeah, yeah. You're cutscene, you're found now. That's kind of the tipping point. We have three or four encounters, which may go through a fairly large part of the level, through which you can choose to be stealthy. You can go through most of the game as you wish but you will get penalized for it if you try to go in loud from the beginning. It's a tricky thing to try and balance out, but I think we're doing a pretty good job with that so far. Wait, do you get penalized? They just mean it's it gets harder? Ha- it gets harder. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the stealth kills, I think, are saying the easy way out. Yeah. It's like, they're because I mean, they really are. They are, but there's no reason to stop doing it. But it's also like they're always a one, they, you, they, also, you can do it on enemies that have like armor and helmets. Yeah, <laughs> you like, also don't have to be stealthy. Like you can the, the AI is so dumb you can just run around them and hit the button. Yeah. yeah. They, I don't and, think they can even turn like fast. No. So <laughs> so you can just run up to them, run around them and hit the button and in the middle of a firefight get into the invincible killing animation. Which, to to the game's credit, the those finishing moves are kind of amazing because there's a lot of them. Yeah. And like and it's probably the only part of the the entire fucking like they're very well animated yeah Yeah. it's it's the it's like the only element of this game it looks like there was like kind of significant work put into because other than that it's we haven't said this yet it does not run well no and the controls are pretty stiff uh it's and it's not like they had to sacrifice frame rate for fidelity because it's (laughs) it's also you know just a drab color palette like it is Here's a draw distance. Here's it's, also another clip. It's rough. Another part of that <laughs> interview that kind of, in my eyes, illuminates why the AI is so bad. One of Dick's things is creating panic amongst the ranks. If you catch a guy by surprise, yeah, fear system. He may be alerted to you. You can kill him or you can charge him. If you charge a grunt, they'll get scared and try to run away. And there's a certain chance they'll melee you, but there's also quite a high chance that you'll be able to kill them. For that whole thing, setting off explosives near enemies and stuff like that, we've got this whole panic state AI system to get across and allow players to take advantage of fear. I don't even think I noticed. No, because it's (laughs) fucking broken. It doesn't work. (laughs) But those MKX style fucking, like, yeah, those work. (laughs) Like, we, we were seeing new ones even towards the end of the game that are, like, so 
like aggressively violent that they're comedic. Like, oh yeah, there's is... the one where you just walk up in front of somebody and just take a knife and stab them directly through the middle of the forehead <laughs> and just crack their skull. Yeah, there's a couple of the the, the ankle like oh, sli- yeah. the the uh, yes, they're very brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one where he like stabs the kidney. And... Yeah, like you get him from behind, you stab his kidney like three or four times, and then like he's just like going down, you slit his throat. And yeah. they're not they're not short, uh, no, as well. Like like either. So it's it it's almost like imagine the having to view the um like you know the Doom style takedowns, but if they were like each one of them was like I don't know maybe like twice as long. Twi- yeah, to three times. as yeah, long. Yeah, it's got yeah. it's like five to ten seconds for mm-hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which I guess pads the length out. Like Yeah, and as Chris said, there's like wanna say like eight or nine levels. Something like that. Yeah. And they're like divided up into two different types of levels and they just alternate back and forth between the two. Yep. Who beat it? Anyone remember? <laughs> Was it you, Chris? Uh, well, all three of us played, but Chris we did. beat it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the end, it was just like endless waves of enemies. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. that looked frustrating. I, I didn't want to touch it at that point. It was like... <laughs> but you but are, we had to see it through. God, you yeah. are rewarded with the ultimate reward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just, Move over, Jonathan Colton. I'll just say, leave a little bit of surprise for people, but those <laughs> clips I played earlier don't even begin to scratch the surface. Yeah. There is a... <laughs> funk? Rap? rap yeah. Where all of the lyrics in the song are clips, <laughs> of sound Mickey, clips like of Rick, Mickey Rourke from the game Remix. It is baffling. We were we were kind of in awe when that. <laughs> we were it's, dying. It's, it's. I mean, it's tonally uh, completely out of left field, but also what it's trying to be funny, right? Not cool. I can't yeah, tell. I see, it, I see it as kind of like <laughs> this weird. Thing was it just like, them throwing their out? They're like, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a middle finger because they're like, yeah, we know the game sucks. Yeah, but but you played you it go. anyway, you idiot. So here you go, like sixty dollar product. Yeah, way right? mm-hmm. I paid four dollars for it on eBay. <laughs> yes, if anybody wants to get out there and uh, relive what what we did, it's a uh, cheap investment. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, the rest of the game, the game did not sell well. What? There are no <laughs> Mickey Rourke included. There are no Rogue Warrior games in the future. Rogue Trooper? Rogue Trooper did get a remaster. <laughs> Rogue Warrior did not. Rogue Warrior did not. <laughs> um, Maybe one day. One but day, yeah. it's very similar to like, uh, if it's it's very funny Googling this this game or YouTubing this game specifically because it's kind of like the room where like yeah it's very bad but like it's only 2 hours and it's great content yeah to play through absolutely so like yeah. in the age of Twitch and YouTube it got this like cult like following <laughs> where like a lot of streamers and YouTubers started playing it cuz it is an absolute fucking nightmare to play, yeah. but very funny to watch. It, and and it's at least like it can get tedious, but it it's the 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 voice, the amount of voice lines and uh, executions keep it fresh. I suppose. <laughs> so I remember what the first thing Chris did when he, when he went into the game 
was uh, tur- you turned the oh we took music- the music okay we didn't bring up the music yet because the, mu- it's the so music fucking is, repetitive the music is so repetitive and <laughs> oh my god so loud yeah the first thing Chris did was instantly turn the music down and then we went right back into the sound menu and turned everything <laughs> down except for the, the dialogue yeah. <laughs> so, like uh, it's like what you can do in um in uh oh shit in the Bubsy game. <laughs> Uh, and it's hilarious too because like like I said like these clips just randomly play when you're executing these kill animations mm-hmm. but like they're just isolated clips of audio like I just played yeah and they sound the same there's no like, like reverb on them or anything so it's just like when he runs up and he's like in the middle of killing somebody it's not exasperated like it's just the Soviet this- fucking union can bundle my hairy nuts so like that will play while, while you're slicing while you throat. are like yeah. Wrestling a guy to the ground, and, and there's no, yeah. <laughs> there's no like work to make it sound like he's exerting anything, and that just keeps happening. I don't even think his yeah. mouth moves. Uh, no, I, it doesn't. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It almost sounds like his inner thoughts or something. <laughs> like to be honest, you're paying sixty dollars here, Mickey Rourke, just say the most ludicrous shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a game wrapped around it. <laughs> Uh, I still might rank as far as amusingly bad games go uh, with uh, with Quiet Man. Like, I don't know. What do you, I mean? I think Quiet Man is probably less frustrating to play. Yeah. And it's more sincere. Yeah, there's an earnestness to that game where that makes me want to cover it. But, but like, <laughs> I do think if, if, okay, it's funny because Duke Nukem Forever was not out. Yeah, that came out after Previous Rogue Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> and like when they when Pete Hines makes the comparison to, um, he's referring to uh, 3D, and he's referring to Duke Nukem the character. But it it's funny because I do think Rogue Warrior is almost a better Duke Nukem game than Duke Nukem Forever. Hmm. Like it does, it does. Like I, st- I think I still find Duke Nukem Forever more offensive than Rogue Warrior. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, I yeah. think you're right because like <laughs> Rogue Warrior is is a bad game. It's less rape, but in terms of like that, like edgy sort of stupid humor. Yeah, like whether intentional or not, Rogue Warrior is actually no, much better. No, that. Rogue Warrior is funnier, yeah. uh, undoubtedly. Because Duke Nukem Forever is not funny. No. And it's also uh, much longer. And by then you just like, you just want to check out. Oh, Steam. I hate Valve puzzles. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was (laughs) just, just a real slam. Nothing but net. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, there's Uh, not much to the story after that. Bethesda released wet. It did way better. (laughs) <laughs> commercially and uh, critically. Still didn't do great, but it did much better than much better. <laughs> uh, and then Bethesda moved on. Did they? And everybody moved on. From this era, was there anything else that they... Those those two stick out to me because it's it's just so weird to see their logo on them, but... That they published? Yeah. Uh, didn't Bethesda publish Brink? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brink sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No wonder why they don't do this anymore. <laughs> no, they they also published uh, the only other thing that they they published in the 360 era was uh, was Dishonored, right? But the, and Dishonored then they is... they bought Arcane after yeah, that, and then that's true. Dishonored they, has like a prestige to it, though that it's like I think they also might have they also might have published uh, Rage. 
Oh, well, Rage Two. That's what I was gonna did say. They, no, they, did they publish Prey? Rage One? Prey. Well, they published the the Prey. Re- no, they published Rage. The first so one. So that yeah. Oh, so okay. they they published. I guess so. They well, pu- it was it. So never mind. Yeah, they it. published Wet Rogue Warrior, Rage, and Brink, all within the same two year span, and also oh, hunted the expand. Demons Forge as well. I never played that. Uh, and then they bought. They bought id and they bought arcane and they uh haven't really actually in fact um i want to say that ghostwire tokyo is their first third party published game since brink because that's tango you're right yeah so there you go on the lookout 2022 yep see how that does (laughs) when did this game come out uh 2009 yeah <laughs> More yeah. specifically, November two thousand nine. Wait, wait, didn't Modern Warfare two come out in November two thousand nine? It did, <laughs> didn't it? And you're telling me this didn't do well? <laughs> Listen, if I was going to revisit, kids if I was going to revisit one of those two games, <laughs> Grandma, I want Call of Duty. We have Call of Duty at home. <laughs> Boom, Rogue Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> poor kid. Uh, but yeah. No, that was a fun one. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. That's the end of the story. We got to keep it uh, uh, slim down a bit from bit the, the, the last shorter couple. side. Yeah. Thank God, I don't have to edit as much. <laughs> um, no, we should do more of these these uh, these little ones. side. Yeah, this literally just came about from one day we yeah, were just, just sit- we. Well, you bought a like a, I bought Rogue Warrior, and then mm-hmm. we just sat down and beat the whole thing in two hours. <laughs> and then we're like, we got to do an episode. Yeah, people, the people need to hear about this. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's do some plugs. Yeah. Uh, In a new studio. Thank you for listening. I guess Duke Nukem would be the good episode to recommend after this one. Mm-hmm. It's very, come up. It's a very similar uh, tone to that one. It's a very good episode, if I do say so myself. You get to hear me do another skit with Duke Nukem. If you, <laughs> if you um, like games really flubbing it. Yeah. We've, uh, uh, you can find that episode and many, many more at hotbuttoncast.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, rate and review on iTunes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really check them. <laughs> Who cares? And also, you can check out our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Hot Button Cast. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I redesigned the website as well. Yes. So you can check out oh, the website. Great. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you uh, for having me. More importantly, thank you for beating Rogue Warrior. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a struggle. (laughs) Some might say almost as much of a harrowing experience as Dick Marchenko went through in the 80s. (laughs) Maybe that was the intention, to design a game that made us feel what it was like to be in Vietnam. Oh, it is torture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And I just remembered what what everyone's listening to right now on our way out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to Keep play. Proven. Copyright be damned. I am going to play the entire fucking song. Yes. So stay tuned after. <laughs> I don't our... think anyone's gonna come after. No, I was to stay tuned after our uh, credits and listen to the entire thing. You will not be sorry. You're welcome. But yeah, thank you. That's our thank you for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with another topic. Bye. See you guys. Hope you assholes like fireworks. Surprise, motherfuckers. Happy fucking birthday. That's right, Natty, now you sweet piece of shit. Enjoy the ride, cocksucker. Have a nice trip. Boom, time.
time, baby. Trick or treat, looks like a party. Come on, I got places to go, people to meet. Assholes are everywhere. Fuckers are out in force. Hi ho, hi ho, this fucker's gonna blow. Anytime, anywhere, any place. Kicking ass, take names. Who's the hardest motherfuckers around, huh? Rock and roll, motherfuckers, rock and roll.